three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for A Run and Thought, podcast number two. I'm your host, Clint, coming to you all the way from KL, Hawaii. It's taken me a while to record a second podcast. I'm going to have to be better about getting these pushed out in the future. Um, I actually did record several, um, or started to record several second, um, I guess, second episodes, but um, either didn't like them or didn't get enough, uh, enough said before I shut it down and fell asleep. Um, so here I am. I think this is like the third or fourth try uh, at getting a full-length episode. So I'm going to have to get a little bit better about this. But yeah, so here I am and a lot's happened since uh, last time. I had the good fortune to run the uh, 22nd Annual Big Island International Marathon um, in Hilo, Hawaii. And that was excellent. Um, I'm always pleasantly reminded of how beautiful uh, the area that I live in is and just you know Hawaii altogether you you don't ever want for um, beautiful scenery if you live here uh, it doesn't matter it could be sunny day rainy day whatever uh, there's always a little bit of niceness that you can find uh, all around and just because it's raining somewhere doesn't mean it's going to be raining everywhere and just because it's sunny in some places doesn't mean that the whole island's going to be sunny so there's a little something for everyone here i think uh hawaii island has every every single biome except for arctic and we do get snow um, up at the summit of mauna kea so almost we almost have that uh, arctic tundra but anyways um so yeah just go ahead and get this out of the way i'm not a doctor i think you remember that from last time so any kind of advice that even resembles medical advice that i'm going to give you or um mention don't necessarily just go out and follow it please speak to your healthcare healthcare provider um or uh, another healthcare professional before starting any kind of training regimen or changing your diet or taking a supplement or uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, so the marathon was super nice. Um, I, this was So there's different ways that I get to uh, an event. I'll call it an event because I don't, Sorry, I'm not trying to wax philosophical. Um, I'm sure you're not interested. But uh, I don't like to call it a race because it seems like I'm never really racing anybody during these things. Um, sure, I like to go out and I like to um, give a hundred and however many percent, you know, give it my all, do the best that I can. But I don't ever feel like I'm really like racing anybody you know what i mean because there's always 
at least for me, there's always somebody that um, is way faster than me by a long shot. So I don't ever feel like I'm going out to race, but the event. So I'll probably I'll probably call it race, but just know I don't mean like I'm out there to like mow people down and leave them in my wake. Um, but anyway, so this event was super nice. Um, I th there's a couple of different ways that I get to an event. When I first started running like uh, organized events like you know 5k or 10k or whatever even marathons uh i was always super nervous like super anxious so it was the whole deal of um you know get all your attire ready that you're gonna put on the night before have it laid out um and i'm talking about like everything like bib already fastened to your shirt you know shorts socks you got your um, body glide laid out, your goo gels all lined up, arranged, and uh, you know shoes are by the door with the socks inside, and you're just like a hundred percent. You know, Garmin is on the charger, like everything so well thought out, and your anxiety and anticipation is up so much. Uh, for me, it, w it was especially on the first events that I did, organized events. Uh, and so you make sure to leave home really early so you can beat traffic and get there, you know, like an hour before they even start putting people into the corral. Um, and then you know that's good you get there on time and you're ready to go so nothing wrong with that um there's a different approach that i take now and i'm not bragging or and i don't you know i'm not trying to come across as arrogant but so what's happened over time is that i've gotten more accustomed to you know, running long distances. So even with like marathon or an ultra marathon event, you know, it's kind of like another day for me when I get up. And I don't know if it's a age thing as well because I'm almost 40 years old. I'm it's creeping up on me, but uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But more and more, I find myself um, basically waking up on the morning of you know in plenty of time it's not like i'm running late but i basically wake up and just grab my stuff and uh, you know feed the dogs do whatever i need to do maybe grab a quick breakfast sandwich make sure i go to the bathroom a couple of times because i don't know if you are familiar but uh, it's never a good idea to have to go like when you get to the event because there always seems to be uh, a lot of people that have nervous nervous stuff going on with their bodies and they need to use the bathroom like so there'll be lines um, outside of the porta johns that's kind of gross sorry that i took it there but 
I mean, it is a fact that does happen. So anyways, uh, I find more and more I'm just getting up and going with the flow and I don't really care uh, what I'm wearing to the thing or, um, you know, really what I look like or, or anything like that. Thinking back on it, um, maybe the reason why I used to get hung up on that is because of, you know, the great unknown. People get nervous when things seem out of their control um, and we try to control as much as we possibly can, um, especially in the face when we're facing those times that we don't know a lot and we don't feel like we have uh, a, a good, um, not a good grasp, but a, a far reach. Like we, we can't control a lot of things. We'll try to control, you know, the small things that we can get our hands on. So maybe that's why there's a thing um, where people are super excited and laying out their gear and posting pictures on social media and stuff before an event and it could be like I was saying before it could just be I was younger then not by much but um, definitely a little bit younger so anyways I I talked so long on that I kind of forgot um, what my point was but I hopefully this will be it um, I got up that morning and it was go with the flow it wasn't like the, the old days where um, I was all prepared and had everything ready. It was just, you know, the planets aligned and thankfully my Garmin was charged and um, I was able to find socks that matched. So that was great. And I was able to get, you know, get everything that I needed to get done at home, feed the dogs and all that and get in my truck and drive and be there. I think I, I showed up um, probably about five or ten minutes before the gun. So right on time, I guess. Um, I don't really know why I would need to be there any earlier. I see sometimes, I'm not making fun of you, by the way, so please don't take offense, but I see sometimes, you know, before... Uh, a few people will be running already, like they'll already be running, uh, or they'll be stretching or doing some kind of uh, very exaggerated walk, like high stepping or kind of walking like a duck. But I don't really do a lot of that. Um, I did kind of like stand in place and sort of stretch a little bit like as we were waiting to start but I think that's just uh, nervous energy trying to escape because yeah I mean I know I said that I wasn't super nervous but when it when you're on the line there's a little bit of uh, nerves for sure because you know you got a, a big day ahead of you but anyway so uh, we started this marathon I'm gonna take you through the marathon so if you don't want to hear about the course then I guess go ahead and fast forward through this because I'm about to tell you all about it um, 
we started in Hilo Bay and it was still dark as most marathons are when they start. Uh, there was, I, I want to say there were ballpark like 60, between 60 and 70 people that ran the marathon event. And then there were more there, you know, families and people that were running other distances there to kind of cheer us on. So not a whole lot of people, like if you're from a big city or you've run a marathon in a big city, there's way more people like you have to be in corrals um, by the letter of your last name or whatever. So we just kind of lined up and we listened to the announcer kind of talk. I don't remember what he was saying, but he was like really amped and trying to like get everybody pumped up and he was funny. So that was cool. And then all of a sudden, as things tend to do around here, the the event or the race, however you want to call it, started and um, we were off. And so the first part, so we we start off and then we run north, basically. Um, we're headed up north. So we kind of run from Hilo Bay, which it's dark at that point, so you can't see much. But it was a nice morning and um, you could hear kind of the wind blowing through the palm trees, kind of that rustling. So that was nice. Um, that's kind of a soothing sound to start a race off to. And for the most part, people were quiet. Not a lot of um, chatty Cathy's or um, talky Tommy's, I guess, to begin with. Um, it's funny the things that you overhear people saying. I can't remember. I heard somebody say something and it was funny, but for the life of me, I can't remember it now when I need it most. They were say, oh, it, yeah, so it wasn't like that funny, but it was funny at the time. Some people were joking about, um, uh, I just had a, no, I can't remember. But it was something to, it was like uh, dad humor, you know. I'm a dad, so I can say that. It was kind of like dad humor. Like, you know, run a marathon, they said. It'll be fun, they said. It wasn't that exactly, but, you know, somewhere along those lines. But like, back to the story. So we, we took off and, um, you know, we're headed up north and you can hear the waves. I mean, you're, as you're running uh, from the start, you're at the start you're probably you're probably about i don't know like maybe 50, 40 40 30 or 40 yards from the ocean um i'm just guessing but about that distance and then as you go up the coast a little bit um you're right there like the waves are literally literally crashing like you're you're running right along side of the ocean and there's a kind of like a barrier and the waves are crashing into the side so that was kind of exciting i always like the smell of the ocean 
uh, I mean, maybe it was my days in the Navy and like all the, the association I have with that, even though, uh, to be fair, I wasn't, um, I wasn't underway that much, but I did spend, um, a few years, uh, on another island, Okinawa, in the middle of, um, I guess they would call, or we called it the East China Sea, but I think that's like up for debate, but I don't want to get into political talks. But so point being positive association for me with that, um, sea smell, some people might, um, have a different opinion on that. But, um, yeah, so got the nice smell going. You got the nice, uh, little ocean mist coming up and, um, nice clear night or nice clear morning, I guess. And about that time, the sun was, was coming up a little bit. So it was getting to be daylight. And then you kind of head uphill for, the first, basically the first half, I believe, first half of this thing, you're you're mostly going uphill now. It's not a great big hill, but it's a pretty big hill. It's big enough. It's uphill. It's probably better that it starts out that way. But so th even though you're going uphill, this is like the, my opinion, this is the most beautiful part of the whole course is where you start off at because you you go up a hill you're right along the um did i mention that you go up a hill uh yeah because you go up a hill but anyways so so you're going up and uh, you go across a bridge like right after you get past hilo town like the actual town downtown you pass that and there's a bridge that kind of goes over the um Waluku River and uh, you keep going up and at this point you're kind of like on the side of uh, the highway and it's not a lot of fun that particular point but eventually you get a turn and you turn down into a neighborhood and that comes out on a popular surfing beach just north of uh, Hilo and the sun's up at this point and you're watching these that day there were pretty decent waves coming in and the servers were all out and uh, catching waves so that was cool because you're actually seeing other people doing their thing you know you're doing your thing those other people are doing their thing you know their uh, Sunday morning ritual as it were and that's cool to see that happening the sun's coming up of course it's beautiful um, it's Hawaii. I don't, there's no morning here to me uh, that's not beautiful. If you don't see the beauty, then you're not looking hard enough. That's just my opinion. But I mean, like, even when it rains, it's, uh, to me, I like it. But I've always liked the rain anyway. It may be some of my uh, genes. I think I've got, uh, a lot of English genes, so some Anglo-Saxon in me loves uh, foggy old England, I guess. But uh, anyways, back to the point. So beautiful, and you just continue 
up this uh, this is off the the main highway now i think i mentioned that it turned on into a neighborhood and then you're kind of like on a scenic drive sort of um, so we're all just running down through a rainforest type area and you can look over to your left or right crossing over these bridges and there'll be waterfalls um, humongous palm trees just a whole forest full of uh, nothing but palm trees and then you know there's peppered with some residential some of it is um, smaller houses grouped close together some of it uh, you can tell or at least from the looks of the gate it's a pretty big property a pretty nice big house somewhere set back in there but um anyways this continues on through the you know these little residential areas and like kind of like really back country type um, road but it's like really near the coast so it's not super remote but it's definitely you definitely feel like you're not in uh, the city you're kind of like out tra you know traversing uh, the jungle and there's plenty of times where you can look off to the right and you can see the ocean you can see humongous waves crashing against the rocks and um, the ocean here is deep blue it's like that navy blue color most days most days every day i think i think i've seen it be a little bit brown like during storms but every other day it's pretty blue uh, I don't know why I got on that tangent, but anyways, um, so you can see the huge waves crushing the rocks and you're super high up above that, kind of like running through the jungle and there's plenty of escape from the task at hand. So like you can, you're working hard, but your mind doesn't have to be a hundred percent focused on that. You can kind of like put that. Um, on autopilot or at least I can just kind of enjoy the surroundings and so I uh, did that exact thing and eventually you get up to the um, botanical gardens and I want to say that that's in Pepecal and I know I'm saying that wrong so I'm sorry, everybody that lives in Hawaii or is from Hawaii, but I pronounce Hawaiian names not that great. But um, I believe the Botanical Gardens is in Pepecal, and you turn around, and then it's downhill from there, and you kind of go back down basically the same way you came up and you get back down to the flat part where the starting line is and so by that time you're already seeing people that are doing the half marathon and it gets a little confusing at least for me because uh well obviously you can see that they have on different color bibs so that's not confusing but if somebody is running way faster than you right 
sometimes it's a little confusing because you're thinking, wait, what? Like, how are they, how did they get all that energy like this far in? Because usually you have, um, you kind of like lose energy as you're doing a marathon. I, I don't know of anyone, I mean, other than like Usain Bolt or um, some that caliber of athlete, but like most people get tired there's diminish it's a diminishing returns i don't know if it's diminishing returns but um they don't all of a sudden get stronger but anyway my point is uh you see people start to pass you or they're like running right with you and at first it's a little bit confusing because you're wondering like oh i thought i was keeping a pretty good pace how are these people suddenly coming from behind and and going past now because usually it doesn't work that way. Usually people that are behind get further and further behind as uh, time goes along, as the course goes along. But so that was a little confusing. And I'm not super out to, you know, like beat, beat people. That's what we used to say when I was a kid. I don't know if people still say that. But like... Uh, I'm not trying to like win the thing because like I explained before, I'm not going to win it. Like there's people that are already done by the time uh, I'm three quarters of the way in for sure. Yeah, for sure. But um, so I'm not necessarily trying to beat people, but there's a thing that happens psychologically when somebody passes you and it's just, I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't really care like my um i don't it doesn't hurt my feelings you know what i mean like my conscious mind doesn't really care but there's a subconscious thing like a, a button that's pushed when somebody starts running like close behind me or they're right beside me or they pass me it's a f urgency to like not let that happen maybe it's just me so that kind of threw me off a little bit, but I got over it and uh, continued on. But uh, so you you go down hill, you pass the the start, well where you would have started, and there's people that are finishing, you know, uh, shorter events. I I want to say they had a 10k. I, they definitely had a half marathon, and I believe they had a 5k. And they may have had uh, some shorter races for uh, children to do as well. Uh, you can look on their website. It's uh, Big Island International Marathon. That's in Hilo, Hawaii. You can see all the details of that. And you can see the results from that if you are interested. But, uh, but yeah, so you go past the start, and then from then on, it's kind of flat. You're just running at sea level, basically, down to Richardson Beach Park, I believe. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Please don't be mad. But basically all the way down until the road doesn't go anymore. It actually does go more, but like the paved road stops. 
So up until you get to the end of the paved road, you're running right alongside the ocean and you definitely are at sea level because you look out and uh, I think on that day, I may be getting my days mixed up, but I believe it was that day, there was a high surf advisory and the waves were humongous. So we were kind of like, it was a nice day and all, but the wind was high and it picked up really strong uh, at a certain point. Uh, but I think it was that day that the waves were pretty huge too. And so you're kind of like right there, um, right near the ocean, right on the coastal road, um, all the way down to the end of the paved road. And then once you turn around, you kind of cut back, um, kind of like a back way through a residential area. It's basically like one street down from the uh, coastal road. And I think they do that number one for the distance and then probably number two just to keep um, runners going like runners and traveling in opposite directions separated out so just in case you know somebody is running on the wrong side of the road they're not running into like oncoming runners or um, that kind of thing but that's all irrelevant uh, turn around and then you're cutting through these these back kind of like back roads but it's not that far back and you you go you're running back to the start line i mean i know that's obvious but it's just the same course back up to the start line that's what i mean you're basically turning around and going back so you kind of like turn around and go back twice. Uh, once when you get to the most north point, and then once when you get to the southernmost point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to, to sum it up, it was uh, beautiful. The weather was pretty perfect. It started to get blustery, and I believe there were rain clouds moving in about the time that I was done which I want to say was around 10 or 11. I can't remember which one. But for me, uh, the weather was perfect. So there were a couple of things that I noticed, um, and I've noticed these things before, and I'm, I'm guilty of doing uh, these behaviors myself from time to time. Uh, there are things I noticed and I wanted to bring attention to them and offer possible solutions, but in a, I guess, constructive way. It's not criticizing or punching down uh, or coming across as arrogant or know-it-all or whatever. Because I don't, and I don't profess to, to have all the answers or uh, to be the uh, end-all be-all advice for all things running. I'm definitely not that. I'm still trying to figure out a lot of things myself. But some things that I saw, uh, and I should mention, you know, I had already recorded this podcast a couple times, but I scrapped it because 
as I would reflect on what I had recorded so far, it was like I was um I was over critical, you know, like I was just being negative. And I don't want to be negative and I don't want to discourage people from uh from getting started, you know. It's tough when you're start, when you're getting started with anything. There's a lot of things that you don't know and there's a lot of nerves uh that go along with that, nervous feelings and anxiety. Uh especially when you're an adult because as an adult, you know, you may have younger people that are looking up to you and um of course other adults look at you as a person that should know you know what they're you know have a good idea of what they're doing so if you don't uh which is perfectly normal sometimes it can be intimidating to have like all eyes on you and uh, maybe you don't have all the answers or you don't know exactly what's going on and that's okay but as people i think we often get nervous and we feel like we have to know everything right away and um we have to be 100% prepared right away but there's just no way that you can be 100% prepared without having the uh experience experience is the best teacher i think pain too is a good teacher Uh, There's things that you will always remember because you messed them up in the beginning and you don't want to repeat that. So if you're smart, then you'll adjust your behavior and um, adjust your plan of action and not repeat those same mistakes. So I'm being really vague, um, but just know that when I'm saying something that sounds critical, I'm not trying to be, if you're new to the sport of running or if you're old to the sport of running or anything in between, uh, I don't think I know everything. I know some things that work for me, but I don't know everything that's going to work for everybody. And so uh, there's also things that I don't know about individual people. So any number of variables could be in play that I don't have any idea about. A person could be sick, a person could be uh, disabled. Uh, I don't know. They could be, you know, their dog could have just died. Somebody in their family could have just passed away. So there's all kinds of things that I don't, you know, I'm not omniscient. So if I say something and it sounds like I'm talking to you uh, just know that I'm not trying to strike a nerve I'm just trying to be helpful and I'm not trying to be critical or discourage anyone or um, seem like I'm talking down to to anyone but that said um, I did notice some things that kind of maybe could be improved, needs improvement sort of thing. So the first one was um, unnecessary distraction. 
So I notice people, and I used to do this too, but remember I was saying that you go uphill for the first part of this uh, event, and then the second part, you're kind of like downhill, and then you get to sea level, and it's basically flat. Well, I understand that people do often fall apart around mile, I think it's like 17, when most people fall apart. I think I saw that number somewhere. I I understand that. But I think, you know, if you're going to come and participate in a marathon, then participate in the marathon. If you're able to run it, then run it. You know, and this could be just a matter of opinion. But my thought is not just like for the appearance of it all not just so that you can be running the whole time uh, and impressing everybody else but also because if you think about it if you're running and you're taking big strides and you're using those muscles and then you're stopping to walk right and then you're using those muscles to walk and then you're kind of running, but it's not like those f- the full strides. I think like if you're kind of running and it's not the full strides, that's the same as walking. You're using a lot of the same muscles. So maybe, uh, you know, and you're taking more steps. So your foot is s- slamming into the ground. Um way more times if you're taking short steps or um, I guess if you're walking you're not really slamming your foot into the ground but anyways just from um, from a mental aspect if you're walking of course it's going to take a lot longer to get done and it seems like at least for me the longer it takes the the more um the less motivated I am. So like it seems like the effect of looking at your uh, watch or whatever and seeing that you've still got X amount of distance to go and you've gone, you know, Y amount of time and that amount of time keeps getting bigger but the miles to go is... uh, not really getting a lot smaller that's kind of a bummer for sure uh at least for me and that kind of hurts the rest of my time while i'm trying to finish the event so to me if i'm able to run the whole time and go strong i'm done quicker obviously but i don't have i'm not like psychologically like I'm not mentally worn out by the time I get done so that was one thing like I'm not saying don't walk because I know that there's strategies to it some people like to walk and then run for a while and then walk and then run for a while and like I said before I know some people can't run 26.2 miles because they have some kind of disability or you know, something's wrong that day. I get it. 
Sometimes you can't. But I'm just saying, if you can muster, you know, I guess the strength, or uh, if you can kind of put aside the pain and power through it, you'll come ahead, or I won't say you'll come ahead, you'll be done faster. And you won't have the psychological anguish of like, how long is this going to take? A lot of times when I go fast, and I don't, I mean, again, I don't go that fast, but when I'm trying to go fast, we'll put it that way. A lot of times when I'm trying to go fast, I tend to forget uh, about time and the distance that's left and stuff like that anyway. So that's a plus because one of the worst things you can do is keep looking at your watch or keep looking at how long you have to go or how long you've been on the course because that just seems it's like watching a pot to see if it's going to boil it just never seems to be to be there it never seems to happen so uh yeah so if you can run run if you can't then you can't that was one thing that i saw was a little bit of walking and i think uh the second biggest thing was just like stopping altogether. So there, there were people that would stop because um, presumably like muscle cramps or something like that. And they would stop and then they would be doing all of these like stretches and uh, different things. And I've had really bad muscle cramps myself. So I know that they can be painful and then I also know that if you have them severe enough, you're not going to be able to run anyway because your uh, inner thighs won't let you, you know, if they're spasming, uh, you're not going to be able to to run while that's going on. So to counter that, right, because if you get to the point where you keep stopping to stretch, to try to remedy uh, these muscle spasms or uh, muscle aches if you get to that point then it's kind of like a little late to be trying to remedy it now more power to you if you're trying to power through that and you are doing the stretches and you do keep going I'm not saying that you know you're any less of a person if you stop to do these things like if you if you're walking or if you stop to stretch or whatever you're no less of a runner. You're no less of a person doing the marathon than anybody else. If you stop to do these things, because stuff can happen to anybody. So, uh, but that said, once it gets to that point, it's almost um, not too late, but it's... It's definitely later than you should have chosen to address the thing. What I would recommend is if you're a person that does have cramps and muscle aches, spasms even. So there's kind of like two parts of that. My understanding is that there's two parts of that. Number one, uh, the conditioning. What you've done for the preceding 
you know, six to 12 months before you ran that marathon or ultra marathon or whatever. Have you adequately trained your muscles to run for hours and hours and hours and trained your um, joints and your bones, ligaments, tendons, not really trained, but conditioned because you're going to rip things up and tear things and hopefully it will come back stronger. Uh, But what have you done to prepare physically for the preceding six to 12 months? So that's one big thing. If you're lacking in that aspect, my suggestion would be before you attempt another marathon or a long distance event to really push yourself in the preparation. So really get your legs strong and really get your upper body as strong as you can as well. Because if you can balance yourself out with your uh, core and you've got some upper body strength that takes a little bit of the stress off of your legs and if you've got a good leg strength then that's going to obviously help you in a running event but you want to get the endurance you know there's there's some people that have uh, good cardio endurance so they've got good cardiac output and great cardiac capacity that's not an issue but the muscle strength it's just there's not been enough time spent um, running longer distances and like training the legs to carry on for hours and hours and hours Um, and when that happens when you don't train your muscles sufficiently you're gonna get that cramping you're gonna reach the point of uh, muscle failure Uh, and so there's reasons why that happens some of it has to do with uh, the glycogen that your muscles use so we'll just say fuel because I don't obviously I've I've mentioned I'm not a doctor so I don't really like understand uh, 100% of how everything works but we'll just say energy so training your muscles to use energy efficiently so that you're not um, you know just using it all up and then hitting what they call the wall and bonking which is like when you're just done, like your legs won't go anymore and your your body's just not having it. Uh, and at that point, you're kind of like at the mercy of, of your body. You have to stop. So training, training your muscles to kind of do those longer distances, that's one thing that you can do to forego that misery of having muscle spasms and uh, really intense pain towards the end of the event. The other thing that you can do is increase your electrolytes. So a mistake that I made for 
a while, I would drink a lot of water because you always hear that you're supposed to drink, what is it, like eight glasses of water a day. And if you're exercising, then you should definitely be drinking more. I think I heard that you lose, was it like, I forget if it's liters. I think it's liters. Like you, you can lose two liters an hour, but you can only take in, uh, like process one liter an hour. So I think what I was doing was drinking way too much water. And number one, I was pushing out electrolytes through sweat, especially in Hawaii because of the humidity. There's already moisture in the air. So to get more moisture in the form of sweat out of your body, well, you actually have to produce like more than the normal amount of sweat to cool your body off so you're getting rid of like double i don't know if it's double but you're getting rid of more electrolytes through your sweat and then if you're drinking water um, by my summation if you're drinking only water then you're you're not adding all of the salt and other electrolytes that you need back into your body so you're kind of like I don't know if the word is dehydrating, but you're 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 just getting water. You're not getting the electrolyte part, and that's gonna mess you up. Like I think with your uh, blood pressure and just the way that you feel, because you have to have salt for your heart to even beat. Uh, you have to have salt for your muscles to move. So if you don't have any, or if you're deficient then I would assume that that could cause some big problems. If it didn't, then there wouldn't be things like Scratch or uh, Gatorade or Powerade, uh, stuff like that. So my recommendation is, especially on humid days, especially if you are like me and you do get cramps from time to time, make sure that um, during the event, you're taking in, I take in just straight Gatorade or straight um, scratch, some kind of electrolyte solution. There's water in that anyway, so I don't drink just, you know, pure water during the event. I only take in the electrolyte drinks. And reason being is because I feel like I'm losing more electrolytes than I can even take in in the first place. So why make it worse by drinking a bunch of water, you know, just with no electrolyte replacement in it? Why make it worse by doing that? And it's a strategy that's worked well for me. It may or may not work for you, but you may want to give it a try. Uh, if water, like straight water, is just not working out for you. And I guess besides the physical conditioning and the electrolyte thing, um, there's also getting your body used to using the fuel that you're going to use during 
an event. So if you're going to drink Gatorade during the marathon, if that's what they're going to have and you don't plan on taking a pack or a water bottle or, or something with you that's got um, whatever you're used to, if they're only doing Gatorade at the aid stations, then you've got a choice. Either you need to practice doing your longer runs with Gatorade as a electrolyte replacement slash um, fuel, or you need to, on race day, bring what you're used to using with you. And so for me, um, at this point, I'm comfortable if they're going to have Gatorade, and that's what they're going to have at the aid station, like Gatorade and water, then I'm fine with just drinking a little, like, you know, a cup of Gatorade at every aid station. And, um, and I practice, like, when I'm doing my regular, like, you know, daily runs, I use Scratch a lot of the time, but I will on some days just use Gatorade. That way, my body's at least a little bit used to processing that particular sports so train with what you're going to use on race day anytime you go from like one one thing that you're used to and then you start a totally new thing on the day of an event that's usually not good have all your stomach doesn't like it or maybe your body doesn't know how to use it as efficiently as possible it's kind of like a so yeah so those things for that particular ailment or what I would suggest and the point being like if all else fails and if you are able to muster up the you know the sheer will to just hoof it out and run to the finish line then I would say do that because stopping to stretch and stopping you're just like prolonging the agony you know just it's gonna hurt whether you're stopped at that point or you're running towards the finish line either way you're kind of in a bad place but the sooner you get to the finish line the sooner you're gonna get to stop moving and if you want to sit down then sit down and do whatever uh, if you want to drink a big uh, bottle of Gatorade or some other kind of electrolyte replacement you can do it at that time or if you need an IV or, or whatever hopefully you don't need that but if you do then you can get it at that time hopefully not before um, yeah so just if you can keep going if you can't I understand but um, prolonging the agony has never really helped I just you know it still hurt even after I stopped to stretch I still have stopped to rest my legs or walked or whatever so I guess fourth piece of advice just keep going so I noticed people is fine do whatever works best for you I will say like my experience has been that carrying a pack on race day especially if they have aid stations that are handing out 
what I need, like electrolyte replacement, which is usually all I need for a marathon distance. You know, if they have oranges or uh, other stuff, sometimes I'll have like uh, peanut butter pretzel, you know, just race food, marathon race food. They'll have little things like that. And of course I'll take them, but for the most part, just a little Gatorade every now and then. And I'll bring a bottle, like a little, I've got a Solomon uh, flask that I'll bring and I'll ask if they'll fill that up just so I have some between aid stations, especially towards the end when I'm getting a little bit depleted. Because that's one thing I forgot to mention. You can't preload electrolytes. It doesn't work that way. So like you can't drink a bunch of Gatorade before you start an event and then expect that to carry you through the whole thing or through half the thing or whatever. It doesn't work that way. The best results are to just consistently be drinking electrolytes throughout the event. And then, of course, after you're done, go ahead and drink enough to replace all the electrolytes have lost during the event and kind of like recover. So yeah, back to packs. Like I was saying before, if you have trained with some some other drink or some other uh, nutrition than what they're going to offer at the event, by all means, bring what you're used to using, what works best for you and your pack. But what I found is I usually move slower with the pack I usually bring too much uh, liquid, you know, to, and water weighs a lot. And if you're bringing food, uh, that weighs a lot. I want to say for every, I think it's every pound. It's either every, f every five, I, th I think it's every pound adds five minutes to your marathon time. And so that could be a pack, that could be extra weight that you're carrying around. Uh, but every pound adds a certain amount of minutes total. The less you can weigh, probably the better. That's something that I found to be true for me. So like if I don't carry a pack, I feel less restricted, first of all. I can move, I can breathe in my breathing. And um, I'm not carrying... Uh, don't even know how much pack would weigh like full of water and stuff but I would say at least five pounds and not having to carry an additional five pounds over 26.2 miles is a good thing it's a benefit I stay cooler without a pack on and I feel uh, freer and lighter without a pack so I mean, comfortable with your pack and you always bring a pack for marathons or longer races, I would say do what you're comfortable with, but also maybe try to experiment. Do a marathon without it. That's what I did. Um, and it worked out fine. And I found that I was perfectly okay to just drink Gatorade or whatever they have at the aid station and although I, th I feel like scratch for me works better like I feel like it's a better fuel and I don't know if this phrase means anything but it burns cleaner 
if that makes sense. I can make do with And to me, the benefit of bringing my own water or whatever and bringing a bunch of scratch powder and like mixing that stuff up at some point along the course, it's just the benefit to doing that is not that great. Like if I was doing, uh, you know, of course, during the ultra marathon that I did back in January, I used mostly scratch. There was a definitely a notable, noticeable difference for me when um, the guy that was doing my, um, his name's Matt, by the way. He's not just the guy. He's a friend. When Matt was mixing up my electrolytes from time to time, he would give me Gatorade. And I definitely noticed like a difference between scratch and Gatorade. With the Gatorade, I was a little, it wasn't uh, a clean burn. I didn't feel like I got as much uh, electrolyte replenishment. I felt like I got more sugar and there was a little bit of a crash that happened. Not, not bad enough to uh, knock me off my pace or anything, but I definitely told him like, hey, don't mix up any more Gatorade. <laughs> so, but for the for this marathon, for the uh, Big Island International, marathon last weekend uh Gatorade was fine it was kind of a shot in the dark but it worked fine for me and I enjoyed not having to carry uh, my own electrolyte powder or mix anything up or whatever so sometimes it's the simple things uh, so yeah so definitely try maybe to do longer events without a pack if you can if you can get by what else I saw I think I've gone on a long time. I may just cut off here and then pick up again. I still need to talk about like things to do for motivation. I have some others. Uh, I think that's where I left off on the first podcast. So I definitely want to get into that because I, I've been thinking about it and I thought of some better ones. I kind of ended very weak on the first podcast. So maybe next time I'll talk more about things to do for uh, not just motivation, but to for discipline, you know, because sometimes discipline will carry you when motivation has packed its bags a long time ago. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and end it here because uh, I do have to work tomorrow, but I will be back hopefully soon with, um, some other things I guess that I noticed at the marathon how you can maybe adjust to improve upon those behaviors actions and then cover how you can be more disciplined and slash um, or also motivated to get out and do your conditioning like because a lot of times it's a small amount, you know, like maybe running the marathon is 10% of running the marathon. But the other 90% is all the time that you spent preparing for that 10% where you're actually running the marathon. So we'll talk more about that on the next podcast. But for now, thanks for listening and happy trails.